You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation Atlanta, and welcome to another episode of The World in My Eyes, where I get the opportunity to share all the crazy voices in my head and what they say on a regular basis, except for that one guy that's snoring. We don't worry about him. And we've spent such a great deal of time getting so very intimate with each other, but just in case you're new to the show... I am the naughty mistress with the mostest, the melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, naughty Nicole Delacroix. And before we jump into today's topic, I do want to remind all you naughty little listeners out there that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing every single day. We've got a brand new website, so make sure that you've got it bookmarked, and make sure you're checking out all the fascinating and provocative shows that are on the website. And don't forget, there's so much more great talk radio on its way to you, so make sure that you're checking back daily. Because I promise you this, you do not want to miss what's coming up next. And if you happen to need a break from all the great talk radio on Renegade, well, then don't forget, make sure you check out Sky Pilot Radio. They are playing the best music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. All right, let's jump into today's topic, my special little heathens. And on today's episode of The World in My Eyes, there has been so much turmoil and downright hysterical rhetoric about Donald Trump's executive order on immigration that the liberal protests and celebrity commentary once again fill up my Facebook feed and dominates the news cycle. And once again, I am astounded by the sheer volume of things that the media and the protesters have gotten wrong or have just flat out lied about. That's right, I'm not going to be mincing words today, Renegade Nation, because I'm pissed. And I'm simply tired of the bullshit and the way that the truth is being twisted and doled out in these little bite-sized pieces to help the uneducated, uninterested, and lazy class of citizens who don't care enough about anything that happens in this country unless a Kim Kardashian is telling them what to fucking think. I'm sorry, Renegade Nation, but being an American is advanced citizenry at its finest. You have to accept and preserve the rights of people who will say and do stupid, self-absorbed, borderline racist, misogynistic, and inflammatory things who don't take the care or time to even educate themselves to a basic 7th grade civics class level. Oh now say that 10 times fast, right? These are the same assholes that will tell you that they have their rights, but haven't bothered to read what those rights actually entail, let alone fight for their right to even have those rights. Furthermore, they believe that the Constitution is something that allows them to have a free pass to act as obscene and and as offensive as they want to. They can desecrate symbols of this great nation in ways that would make the founders of this country not only roll over in their graves, but rise from the very dead to come back and kick the living shit out of them. In short, I'm talking about people that don't have an ounce of respect for this country, who only vote when it's convenient for them, and constantly complain about how this country is run. 
They don't offer up any real solutions at change or even try to make anything better. No, they are content to sit on the sidelines and critique what real Americans say and do. But my personal favorites of this crowd is those holier-than-thou hipster know-it-alls that thinks that because they read it on BuzzFeed that they now have enough knowledge to start a debate with you. You fucking morons. Yes, in this case, a little knowledge is a very, very dangerous thing. So please allow me to point out a few things that BuzzFeed has failed to mention about the immigration policy that was signed into law. Let's just analyze the key provisions and try to separate the facts from the hysteria and introduce just a bit of a historical perspective for you. First of all, the order temporarily halts refugee admissions for 120 days in order to improve the vetting process. And then it caps a refugee admissions at 50,000 per year. That means we're only going to let 50,000 people immigrate to this country. I know, outrageous, right? But not so fast. Hold off, you liberal fucktwads. Before 2016, when Obama dramatically ramped up refugee admissions, Trump's 50,000 actually stands right in between a typical year of refugee admissions in the George W. Bush two-term administration and a typical year in Obama's two terms. So, you know what? Put that in your Dumble Pump Chai Macchino and blow it out your ass Duke Nukem style. In, 20, in 2002, the U.S. admitted only 27,000 refugees, and it admitted fewer than 50,000 in 2003, 2006, and 2007. As for President Obama, he was slightly more generous than President Bush, but his refugee cap from 2013 to 2015 was a mere 70,000, and 2011 and 2012, he admitted barely more than 50,000 refugees himself. The bottom line is that Trump is improving security screening and intends to admit refugees at close to the average rate of the 15 years before Obama's dramatic expansion in 2016. And just so you know, Obama's expansion was a departure from recent norms, not Trump's contraction. Second, the order imposes a temporary 90-day ban on people entering the U.S. from Iraq, Syria, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. These are countries either torn apart by jihadist violence or under the control of a hostile jihadist government. The ban is in place while the Department of Homeland Security determines the information that's needed from any country to educate any visa admission or other benefit of under the INA educations in order to determine that the individual that's seeking that benefit is who the individual claims to be and is not a security or public safety threat. I know, call me fucking crazy. Let's just make sure that the person says who they are and is actually who they say they are. I know, it's it's just fucking madness, right? It could, however, be extended or expanded depending on whether the countries are capable of providing the requested information. Oh, so we're now asking these countries to provide us information on the people that they're sending over? Oh, how dare we! The ban, however, contains an important exception. 
securities of state, and homeland security may, on a case-by-case basis, and when in the the national interest, issue visas or other immigration benefits to nationals of countries for which visas and benefits have otherwise been blocked. Oh, so somebody, the Secretary of State and Homeland Security can actually override and give these people visas? Yeah, I know. It's madness. Call me crazy. In other words, the secretaries can make the exception, a provision that would, one hopes, follow, fully allow interpreters and other proven allies to enter into the U.S. during that 90-day period and not have to wait. To the extent this ban applies to new immigrant and non-immigrant entry, this temporary halt, with the exceptions, is actually quite smart. We know that terrorists are trying to infiltrate the ranks of refugees and other visitors. We know that immigrants from Somalia, for example, have launched jihadist attacks here at home and have sought to leave the U.S. to join ISIS. Indeed, given the terrible recent track record of completed and attempted terror attacks by Muslim immigrants, it's clear that our current approach is inadequate, to say the very least, to control the threat. Unless we want to simply accept Muslim immigrant terror as a fact of American life, by the way, if you want to experience that, I suggest you live a couple of years in Israel. But if you want to create that as a fact of life in America, a short-term ban on entry from problematic countries combined with a systematic review of our security procedures is both reasonable and prudent. However, there are reports that this ban is being applied even to green card holders. And that's madness. The plain language of the order doesn't apply to legal permanent residents of the United States, and green card holders have already been through round after round of vetting and security checks. The administration should intervene immediately to stop misapplication. If, however, the Trump administration continues to apply the order to legal permanent residents, then it should indeed be condemned. But that's not the case. Thirdly, Trump's order also puts an indefinite hold on admissions of Syrian refugees to the United States until such time as the president has determined that sufficient changes have been made to the USRAP to ensure that admissions of Syrian refugees is consistent with the national interest. Now, that's probably the least consequential aspect of the order, and it is, by the way, a largely a return to the Obama administration practices from 2011 to 2014. For all of those liberal Democrats that are wailing and gnashing their teeth, until 2016, the Obama administration had already largely slammed the door on Syrian refugee admissions, so there's not really much of a change here. While the Syrian civil war was raging, ISIS was rising, and refugees were swamping Syria's neighbors and surging into Europe. The Obama administration let in less than a trickle of refugees. Only in the closing days of his administration did President Obama reverse his course. In numbers that were insufficient to even make a dent in the, in the overall crisis, by the way, and now the Democrats have the audacity to tweet out pictures of bleeding Syrian children? Are you fucking kidding me? 
It's particularly gross to see this display when the Obama administration deliberate decision to leave a yawning power vacuum in part through its Iraq withdrawal and in part through its dithering throughout the Syrian civil war and exacerbated the refugee crisis in the first fucking place. There was a genocide on Obama's watch. And his tiny trickle of Syrian refugees hardly makes up for this gross negligence of abandoning Iraq and his years-long mishandling of the emerging Syrian crisis. When we know our enemy is seeking to strike America and its allies through the refugee population, when we know they've succeeded in Europe, and when the administration has doubts about our ability to adequately vet the refugees we admit into this nation, a pause is again not just prudent, but arguably necessary. It's important that we provide sufficient aid and protection to keep refugees safe and healthy in place, but it's not necessary to bring Syrians to the United States to fulfill our vital moral obligation. Fourth, there is a puzzling amount of outrage over Trump's directive to prioritize refugee claims made by individuals on the basis of religious-based persecution, provided that the religion of the individual is a minority religion in the individual's country of nationality. In other words, once refugee admissions resume, members of minority religions may well go to the front of the line. In some countries, this means Christians and Yazidis. And others, it can well mean Muslims. Sadly, during the Obama administration, it seems that Christians and other minorities may well have ended up in the back of the line. Perhaps that's, there's an innocent explanation for that disparity. Perhaps not. But one thing is clear. Federal asylum and refugee law already require a religious text. So there's no change there. Finally, you can read the entire executive order from start to finish, reread it again, and read it again. You can read it out loud, you can read it to your friend, and you will not find anywhere in there where there is a Muslim ban. You want to know why? Because it's not in there. Nowhere. At its most draconian, it temporarily halts entry from jihadist regions. In other words, Trump's executive order is a dramatic climb down from his very worst campaign rhetoric. To be sure, however, the ban is deeply problematic as applied to legal residents of the U.S. and to interpreters and other allies seeking refuge in the United States after demonstrated and courageous service to the United States. Twitter timelines are coming alive with stories of Iraqi interpreters who saved American lives. Few have bled more in alliance with Iraq than, I'm sorry, with America than Iraq's Kurds. But the order itself provides for the necessary case-by-case -case exemptions to the temporary blanket bans. It is vital that General John Kelly, the newly confirmed Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, move expeditiously to protect those who've laid down their lives in the war against ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and the Taliban. Given his own wartime experience, I believe and hope that he will. Trump's order was not signed in a vacuum. Look at the Heritage Foundation's interactive timeline on Islamist terror plots since 9-11. Note the dramatic increase in planned and executed attacks since 2015. Now is not the time for complacency. Now is the time to take a fresh look at our border control and immigration policies. Trump's order isn't a betrayal of American values, no. 
Applied correctly and competently, it can represent a promising fresh start and a prelude to new policies that protect our nation while still maintaining Americans' compassion and preserving friendships around the world. So now that we have a little bit of knowledge, let's get full-on dangerous and see if we can't up the ante on this poker game. But before we do, we need to drop in on our sponsors and maybe check out a little music. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. I am still Naughty Nicole, and this is still Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta. So go grab a couple of poor refugees and meet me back here after the break. Fellas, didn't get what you were hoping for from Santa Claus this year? Looking to add a little spice to things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about an adventurous new adult toy or movie? Well, then we have an offer that you won't be able to resist. Go to toysforpleasure.vegas and for a limited time, you'll get 20% off store-wide and we'll even throw in free shipping for any order above $100. And no... We're not teasing. So check out toysforpleasure.vegas today and use special offer code BABE69 upon checkout and make sure all your adult fantasies come true with toysforpleasure.vegas today. Remember, use offer code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-6-9, to receive a 20% discount on your entire order. And give the gift that Santa forgot to give this year. Hello, Renegade Nation. It's Naughty Nicole here from Big Trouble in Little Vagina. And I have something very special to talk to you about. Are you lonely? Do you want somebody that you can hang out with? Maybe some friends with benefits? Maybe a little lover that you could take in the evening? Or maybe you're more interested in a serious girlfriend or boyfriend. Maybe even marriage. Nah, nobody's interested in that. Maybe you're just looking for somebody that you can hang out with and have a good time with and somebody who thinks the way you do or talks the way that you do and you're tired of all those dating sites out there. Well, let me tell you, it is my great pleasure to introduce to you RenegadeMatch.com. That's right, Renegade Nation, We've got a whole new dating website made just for the renegade in you to help you find that other half of the perfect life. Check out RenegadeMatch.com now. And welcome back, Renegade Nation. And if you're just tuning in, where the hell have you been? This is still the world in my eyes, and I am still naughty, Nicole. And today, we've been talking about the immigration executive order that every liberal on the fucking planet is losing their shit over. There seems to be so much confusion and outright lies that are being spread out there. And we here at Renegade thought, maybe we should try to alleviate some of the bullshit that's being spread around. Because, you know, we love playing with bullshit. But there is one great big glaring problem that I'd like to point out to all the bleeding heart liberals out there. I know that Trump wasn't your pick. And you're going to do whatever you can to make Mr. Trump's time in office as 
miserable as humanly possible. I wouldn't expect anything less of you. But I do want to clear up one huge monumental fallacy that you've been spreading around. This is not Donald Trump's immigration policy. Yes, he signed it into existence, but he didn't write one single word of it. So, for fuck's sake, can we stop calling it Trump's immigration bill? It's just an immigration bill. It was actually spearheaded by Steve Bannon, and truthfully, the Trump administration is making some of the same rookie mistakes that every new administration makes when they take office. See, this is Bannon's first week in, in a White House job, and like most other really smart people who lack high-level government in experience, there's going to be a lot of rookie mistakes from the outset. The Trump administration is going to be different from past administrations on a lot of dimensions, but screwing up in the first few months is not going to be one of them. This is particularly true given the abject lack of government experience among Trump's White House staff. Maybe this is just a case of smart people doing stupid things because they're inexperienced. The trouble with this explanation is that some very smart people don't think that this was an accident. In indeed, folks not prone to conspiracy theories actually see something amiss. But in the rational pursuit of security objectives, you don't marginalize your expert security agencies and fail to vet your ideas through a normal interagency process. And you don't target the wrong people when you're rationally pursuing real security objectives. When do you do these kinds of things? Well, you do these things when you're elevating the symbolic politics of bashing Islam over actual security interests. You do them when you've made a deliberate decision to burden human lives to make a public point. In other words, this is not a document that will cause hardship and misery because of regrettable incidental impacts on people injured in the pursuit of a public good. Now, both sides think that maximum exposure is good for them. The liberals, well, they think middle America is going to be appalled at Trump's callousness. Bannon, however, thinks that middle America is going to be appalled that lefties and the elite media are taking the side of the terrorists. After a week of skirmishes, this is finally a hill that both sides are willing to die for. But my question is, is who's really going to win and who's really going to lose? It's important not to conflate political arguments with legal arguments, as many liberals and far too many conservatives on social media have been doing. While the timing and coordination of implementing this order may have been poorly planned, we really shouldn't allow that to undermine the broader need to defend our sovereignty. For courts to violate years' worth of precedent and steal our sovereignty should concern every single one of us. So let's talk about the important things, like what the order actually does. Well, among other things, the key provisions at the center of the existing controversy are as follows. It shuts off the issuance of all new immigrant and non-immigrant visas for 30 days from the following seven volatile countries, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. Now, any non-citizen from those seven countries, and by the way, those are not all Muslim countries, is excluded from entering the country during that time period, which usually means that they won't be able to board a direct flight to America. 
After 90 days, the Secretary of State and Secretary of Report to completely revamp the vetting process going forward. Within 60 days, countries will have, a, have to submit any information that the administration determines necessary pursuant to the findings of this report in order to educate a visa application and ensure that they are properly vetted. In other words, somebody is going to try and come to America. They're going to have to provide us information of who they are, where they currently live, and what's their reason for visiting. Not big questions. We just want to know that the person you say you are is who you really are. All right. So any country that fails to submit the information is not going to be able to send foreign nationals to our country. Sorry. You don't want to tell us who your people are? Guess what? We don't want your people in our country. All the while, the ban can be extended and expanded at any time. In addition, the entire refugee resettlement program is suspended for four months, pending a complete investigation of the program and a plan to restructure it and prioritize those who are truly in danger of religious persecution. What does that mean? Well, it means we're going to stop having people just willy-nilly walking into the country, and we're going to actually listen to what they're telling us, find out who they are, make sure that they're really religious refugees and they are actually being persecuted, then we're going to let them into our country. That's not so much to ask people. After 120 days, the program may resume, but only for those countries that Secretaries Kelly and Tillerson determine do not pose a threat to our country. The program from Syria is completely suspended until the president personally gives the green light. Now, this was actually a judicious and cautious approach from Mr. Trump. With regards to refugees and those who seek to enter from the seven countries temporarily excluded, the order gave discretion to the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security to admit individuals on a case-by-case basis for important reasons, even during the temporary moratorium. What else does it mean? Statement of principles on the right of the country to exclude non-citizens. Those who want to immigrate to this country, well, guess what? There is no affirmative right, constitutional or otherwise, to visit or settle in the United States. Period. Done. That's the end of it. There is no right on the face of this planet that you have to visit our country. Just like I don't have a God-given right to visit your country. If your country doesn't want to admit me, guess what? It can tell me no. Based on the social contract, social compact, sovereignty, long-standing law of nation-states, governance by the consent of the governed, the plenary power of Congress over immigration, and 200 years of case law, our political branches of government have the power to exclude or invite any individual or class of people for any reason on a temporary or even permanent basis without any involvement from the courts. Congress has already delegated its authority to the president to shut off any form of immigration at will at any time. What does that mean for the immigrants that are already here? Well, guess what? Those that already have admitted to this country with the consent of the citizenry have unalienable rights. They cannot be indefinitely detained. However, they can be deported for any reason if they are not citizens. And Fong Yi Ting versus United States from 1893, which is still settled law, by the way, people, the court ruled that Congress has the same plenary power to deport aliens for any reason as it does to exclude them and that the statute 
statutory procedures and conditions for doing so are due process. Congress has established the process for deportation of those that have already arrived on our shores. However, as long as a legal permanent resident lives leaves the country, he has no affirmative right to re-enter. Either way, they have absolutely no right to judicial review other than to ensure that statutes are properly followed. So does that mean that Trump can pre- prevent those those Americans with green cards from re-entering the country? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but the statute is clear as day. The Immigration and Nationality Act and it's 212F, if you want to know, gives the president plenary power to, by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants. Clearly, the president has the authority to block any non-citizen, including refugees, green card holders, and foreign students, from entering this country. Also, for purposes of deportation, there is no difference between a green card holder or a holder of a non-immigrant visa. No foreign national who has not yet obtained citizenship has an affirmative right to re-enter this country. So, does this mean that there is a ban on Muslim immigration? No. There is a moratorium on immigration or re-entries from seven individual countries and a temporary moratorium on refugees from all countries, and they are subject to case-by-case exceptions. Nowhere in it does it say that if you're Muslim, you can't come to this country. That is the liberals blowing smoke up your ass. So why didn't Trump place restrictions on immigration and visas from Saudi Arabia and other Muslim countries? Well, you know what? That's probably a really good fucking idea. But this was actually a judicious and cautious approach from Trump to start with some low-hanging fruit. These seven countries are failed states or enemies of the United States, especially in the case of Iran. As such, there is absolutely no way to share data with the host countries and properly vet them. Somalia has been one of the biggest trouble spots. The other countries are marred in Islamic civil wars. Moreover, these are the same countries that existing law targets for travel restrictions and that Obama himself had on his own Department of Homeland Security list late last year. So there's not been much of a change. Oh, and by the way, I really love the fact that the country of Iran said that it was going to bar Americans from visiting its soil. When was the last time American was was on your soil. Seriously. Answer that fucking question. I mean, other than the the three Americans that you stole from um, backpacking in Afghanistan and you decided to say they were in Iran, but they weren't? Okay. So why would Trump include green card holders in the ban on reentry? Well, both liberals and conservatives express concern over hundreds of individuals going over to fight for ISIS. We are already limited in how we can combat this growing threat among U.S. citizens. Given that it is completely legal to exclude non-citizens upon re-entry, Trump simply extended the ban to legal permanent residents as well. If a Somali refugee is traveling back to Somalia, so much for credible fear of persecution, right? Government officials should have the ability to prevent that person from coming back when necessary. Obviously, there are some individuals from these seven countries who already have green cards and we may we might not want to exclude. I admit that. 
That is why the order grants discretion to the State Department to issue case-by-case exemptions for religious persecution or when the person is already in transit and denying admission would cause undue hardship. A CBP agent is always stationed at any international airport from which these individuals would board a direct flight to the United States, Paris and Dubai, for example. That individual would not allow anyone covered by this van, this ban onto a U.S.-bound flight unless he grants them a hardship exception. Indeed, it appears that green card holders returning yesterday from those seven countries were all granted entry. Hello? So then what's with all the chaos at the airports and the courts? Well, from this point forward, CBP agents will not allow individual aliens from those seven countries to board a flight to the U.S. So the chaos is going to end. The problem arose from the 100 or so individuals that were already in transit when the order took effect. When they arrived at American airports, they were detained at customs. Standing at this point is not tantamount to being on American soil. However, a federal judge in New York issued a stay and prevented the feds from sending two individuals back on a flight. Other judges have prevented officials from even detaining such persons. It's unclear if federal agents might have made a mistake and released some of these individuals before ordering them to leave the country. Once they are released onto American soil, any effort to remove them is treated as a deportation, not an exclusion, and is subject to the due process afforded them by congressional statutes. By the way, not the Constitution. The only way the Constitution applies to you is if you're a citizen of the United States. If you do not have citizenship in this country, it doesn't fucking apply to you. Thus, it's unclear if the stay even applied to any element of the order or whether it applied to anomalous circumstances or particular actions taken by federal officials that overstepped the order. It's also confusing because many contemporary judges simply have no respect for our sovereignty and have been gradually chipping away at the plenary power of Congress or the president pursuant to statute to exclude aliens from re-entering the country despite years of settled law. Either way, it should not affect the ability of the administration to enforce the order against those who want to prospectively board flights to return. And in the in the incredibly wise words of Justice James Iredell from 1799, any alien coming to this country must or ought to know that this being an independent nation, it has all the rights concerning the removal of aliens which belong by the law of nations to any other. That while he remains in the country in the character of an alien, he can claim no other privilege than such as an alien is entitled to, and consequently, whatever risque he may incur in that capacity is incurred voluntarily, with the hope that in due time, by his unexceptionable conduct, he may become a citizen of these United States. And with that, we've come to the end of our episode. And I thank you so much for joining me today, because I would never want to alienate you. I hope that you make sure you reach out to me, because I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or even on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix. That's our time for today, and I want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta, and don't forget to tune in next time. But until then... Remember these wise and immortal words, 
and quite appropriate for this subject. Calling an illegal alien an undocumented immigrant is kind of like calling a drug dealer an unlicensed pharmacist. See you next time, my precious little heathens. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.